Hello, welcome to the West Side Podcast. This is where we'll post some of our audio from our sermons on Sunday, and we're so glad that you're here. West Side's vision is to reconcile people to God through the grace of Jesus step by step. We hope you enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. Would you please get the three by five card in your hand? And look, I know some of you are going, I don't want to play games on Sunday morning at church. You're playing. Get the card. Get the three by five card, please. Now, Gianna mentioned that uh, just a few weeks out is Easter. It's on uh, April 9th. Last week, we referred to it. I think one of us might have mentioned, hey, be thinking about some people you might step over the threshold to invite. So... Today, we're going to put some shoe leather to your faith. I'm going to ask you, either right away, if the Lord brings an image or a face or a person or a location to mind, to write on one side of this card a name or two. We do that? If you agree to do it, you've got to shake your head up and down. Some of you are going, I don't know, Fox. I don't know if I'm going to do that. Listen, this time of year, the human, God does something supernatural in the human heart to open hearts for invitation. You might go, oh, evangelism, that's the worst. I hate evangelism. Let me tell you a quick story. Pastors are full of them. A quick story. Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 41 and 42. Andrew had just met the Lord. And you know what he does? He goes to find his brother, Peter. And the text basically says that he went and found Peter, told Peter what took place, and then brought Peter. So uh, using that same terminology in the present tense, we as Christ followers have the privilege to uh, find someone we love, Tell someone about our encounter with Jesus. As simple as, hey, I met this guy. He changed my life. And then invite and bring them. So tell or find, tell, and invite. I challenge you, before the end of our service time, have a name. Have a couple names. Have three names. And then on the back side of the card, partway through the message, there's another action step that you get to take. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Let me, let me rephrase the question. Aren't you glad that you came to church today? We're in the presence of the Lord. He's transformed our lives. And you are the church and you exist for the world. Maybe your invitation will see God transform someone else's life. Today, uh, the message is titled, A Choice, Surrender, or Control. And would you, this is a legitimate question, would you agree with me that for the most part, our lives today reflect the choices that we've made in the past? That seems reasonable, doesn't it? Would you also agree that our lives in the future will reflect the choices that we make today and moving forward? Surrender or control. Um, I know you don't know me very well, and I don't know some of you very well, but I'm going to continue to put you on the spot because the gospel of Jesus Christ is transformative until we hide out from it and we don't want to be authentic or be real in God's presence. How many of you with an upraised hand would say, I am a control freak? Oh, there's a couple of us here. 
this is great. Sir, you can't hold up her hand. No, you can't. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, we just got to be in, in control. Let me give you a rather, uh, I guess, innocuous illustration of this. Um, I am kind of linear and a little bit strategic, and there's so, scope and sequence. My wife, on the other hand, she is a party waiting to happen. She is random and abstract, and I love that about her until it comes to loading the dishwasher. There's a couple of chuckles there. You see, I don't know why it is that we have this thing inside of us that just, we want to control stuff. And it's good that we giggle about it. But on a very serious side, the more we attempt to control the life that God has called us into, the more we attempt to control it, the more we push God out of writing Christ's story in our lives. I want to look at an often read, maybe even quoted passage of scripture. Um, it's, it's all of scripture so powerful, but this is so eloquent and melodic. It's just a wonderful passage. And I'll bet, again, many of us have it committed to memory. But there's a big difference between committing it to memory or enjoying reciting it and actually living it. Has anybody experienced the reality of encountering God's holy word and it excites you and then the execution of it in your life, you kind of fall off? It's hard to live God's holy word. Anyhow, Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 goes this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's every area. And then it starts getting a little bit tough. And lean not on your own understanding, all of us control freaks, whether we admitted it or not, some of us, it's resonant in all of us. I'm going to control this situation or that person. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, submit to him. Now, some translations say acknowledge him, and I get that. But to me, the word submit is a little bit more in your face as a Christ follower. Like, oh, yeah, Lord, I get you in acknowledgement. But when we talk about submission, to me, that changes uh, the game quite a bit. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. You see, one of the problems as we face this choice between control or surrender, one of the problems I see, and I alluded to it, is that the more we try to exercise control, the more afraid we are of losing control, which in turn leads us to be more in control. Can you see the cycle? It just gets from kind of not so good to a little bit worse to a lot a bit worse. And all of a sudden, Tom's trying to run Tom's life or put your name in the slot, trying to run our lives when in fact, God has a divine story to write in all of our lives that will bring glory and honor to him. I don't want to be in that cycle of edging God out. An Old Testament example of control gone really, really bad. I, I don't expect you to remember that I preached a month ago. That's totally okay. I don't even remember for sure if it was a month ago. I think it was, but I was in Genesis 15 and I alluded to some of the challenges that Abram and Sarai faced in chapter 16. And we're going to be there a little bit later. But the main characters, as I mentioned, with this control gone bad is Abram. Abram and Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, I might interchange those, you know, don't, don't get all up in my grill, it's going to be fine. So, uh, 
their lives are literally riddled with attempts to control the circumstances. There's lying, there's deceit, there's trading and sharing of, you'll hear that in a minute, of personal bodies and all kinds of crazy stuff. But it is the biggest, in my opinion, and the best example of control gone bad. You know that Abram was promised to be the father of many nations and uh, didn't have any kids, but there was this great promise and how glorious is the fact that God looks at an individual person and says, from you, an entire nation will come and the entire earth will be blessed. I mean, are you kidding me? He doesn't even have a child. But he's got the promise. And then what happens? You know what happens next? Nothing. Months later, nothing. Years later, nothing. And Sarai comes up with a great plan. We'll talk about her glorious plan. But she does what we do. Circumstances are not unfolding in the timetable that we prefer in the way that we think God should work. So we're just going to step in, get a little bit involved, and make sure he does it the right way. Anybody guilty of that? Just me. Okay, the rest of you are saints. The only sinner in the house is right up here. You know, it's, it's just strange how we do this control thing. So Genesis 16, beginning in verse 1, you can follow along if you'd like. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. And here's where her wonderful thinking comes into play. Go sleep with my slave. I'll just control it a little bit because we want the promises to come to pass. Perhaps, and then look at these words, perhaps I can build a family through her. I want you to say three, three words with me. We're just going to do perhaps I can. That's all we're going to say. Will you say it with me? Perhaps I can. In other words, God, I got this. You just kind of hang around and bless what I do, but I got this figured out. God's not doing what he said, so I'm going to get involved. The text goes on. Abram agreed uh, to what Sarai said, so now we have, uh, he becomes complicit with the plan, which is not what God wanted at all, and uh, Sarai kind of got the ball rolling, but Abram didn't really do much about it either, except sleep with the maid. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she, <clears throat> pardon me, conceived. So God makes a promise. His timing is not compatible with their expectations. So they decided to take control. Now, I don't know. I'm not going to ask you to share your own stories, but I have plenty of stories where I thought for sure that God had assured me that this was going to take place, and it didn't take place on my timetable. And so I got involved, and you know, the only thing that came about from that was worthless. I messed stuff up. We all do when we 
attempt to control. So Hagar gives birth to a son. His name's Ishmael. You probably know all these stories. And uh, Sarai gives birth to a son. His name is Isaac. And through Ishmael, you have the Arab nations. I'll just put it that way. And the prophet Muhammad. And through Israel, we have, um, uh, we, we have the Israel nation and then Jesus Christ through Isaac. So Centuries later, I mean like centuries later, has anybody ever read on any news feed of any kind? Back in the old days we had paper. It was really a cool thing. Now it's all digital. And, and I don't know how to find anything on there. But you ever read about any conflicts between the Israelis and the Arabs? Any at all? Yeah. Control gone bad for centuries and it impacts the entire world. So our circumstances, I mean, we, we'd really never do anything like that, I'm sure, where, yes, we have. We all have been guilty of that. Our circumstances are different than Abram and Sarai. But I'm convinced if you're as human as I am, though redeemed by the blood of Jesus, if you're as human as I am, there are areas in your lives where you're trying to exercise control, where God has said, let go. I've got this. Just let go. It kind of goes like this. The single Christian girl wants to meet and marry the single Christian guy. But you know what? It's not happening fast enough. Honey, do you have any tissue? I got that whole snot locker thing going on here. All right, that'd be cool. All right, I know it's disgusting, but... There's no way to hide it when it's running down your face. So anyhow, so single Christian girl wants to marry single Christian guy. It's not happening fast enough. Could you hold it for him? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, pardon me. We're going to bounce back from this, I promise. Okay. Doink. Uh... Oh, it's not happening fast enough, so she settles for just a guy without the Christian part and uh, thinking, well, you know, he'll come around, I'll change him. Let us know if that's you, or I'm speaking to you, let us know how that's working out for you because we want to get involved and control. Or maybe at work you're in a position of influence or leadership and you give, you give tasks to your team. And they don't do it just exactly how you want it done. They have a different method or a different approach. And so you take it back because you want to be in control of that situation. Now, I can pick on uh, parents of adult kids because I'm a parent of adult kids. And I just got to say, parents of adult kids, stop trying to control your kids like they're still under your roof. They're not. They've been God's kids all along. So in a very gentle, humbly, humble and, and kind-hearted way, leave them alone. <laughs> okay, back to the three by five card. I know you resisted it at the beginning, but you got to pull it out again because now we got part two. On the back side of this card, I'm going to ask you to put a name to the area in your life that you're trying to control. 
I mean, like a person or circumstances or whatever. And so on the flip side, you're just going to write that on there. You're not going to put your name on it. And at the end of the service, we're actually going to bring these up here. We're going to put them in this basket, and we are going to pray. We're going to pray over the people's names that you write, not name by name by name, but I mean, in general, we're going to pray. But uh, today is about making a decision to surrender as opposed to be in control. Some of those things could be your young kids, your grown kids, your career, and all that kind of stuff. And I might as well keep irritating people and offending people. If you're like unwilling to play along, it proves my point that all of us struggle with being in control. I didn't get an amen on that. And it's pretty quiet in here. We desperately need the guidance and wisdom of the Holy Spirit so that we can discern between when we're trying to control and we're actually surrendering uh, to the Holy Spirit. Please write those things out on the back side of that card. How about you? How about you? Do you want to live out your life with a posture of surrender to Almighty God or make sure that you're in control of all things in your life and orchestrating? For me... I mean, I messed up so much trying to exercise control. I am game. I want to be more of a surrenderer. Is anybody with me? Amen. Let's be more surrendered. Three questions that I'll propose to you to consider when you're trying to assess whether or not you're surrendering or in control. Are you ready? Three quick questions. In the old days, you know, like we used to write stuff down. So I still write the messages like we're writing stuff down. So if you don't have anything to write on, I'm sorry. But question number one, regarding any circumstance or situation, ask yourself, is it worth my concern? Is the situation worth my concern? Give you a glimpse into my personal life because I can't pick on anybody out there. Uh, I've been a pastor for quite a few years, like 25 years, something like that, and served as an associate and an executive pastor and finally planted a church and was a senior pastor. And, and it's the craziest job in the world. Unless you are absolutely called to be one, don't even think about it. It is bizarre. <laughs> right on. Joyously. It's wonderfully Bizarre. So here's the thing. So part of a denomination, so there's the relationships with the denominational connection and submission to the denomination. There's the relationship between the lead pastor and the staff and, and the council. So there's that whole thing. There's church policy. The church that we pastored was in Kaiser, Oregon, and we had deep relationships with civic leaders. So there's those relationships that we had to nurture, which was a great blessing. One of the things that I'm passionate about is investing in younger leaders. The fact of the matter is, people my age, we're like almost dead. We need younger people to lead the church today and into the future. Who said that? Did somebody say amen? amen. Right on. Yeah, well, you look like you're 20. That's not even fair. So things like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have deep convictions about financial integrity and generosity and vision, mission and values and communication and serving and caring for the people that called Lake Point home and that call West Side home. And the bottom line to the, the reason that, that I laid my life down for this particular call is that the gospel of Jesus Christ has got to be spread 
throughout the world, starting right here. Please invite people. It's going to be a strong gospel message on Easter. Please invite people. I got all excited. I have no idea where I am. Oh, yeah, I was talking about the whole, is it worth my concern? Now, all those areas are concerning. There's no question about it. And it would be great if, whether it's at Westside or the former church where I pastored, if every single area would improve and move up towards, I guess, excellence, for lack of a better word. That would be really great. And one way, and some leaders prefer this method of leadership. I I can't pull it off because I don't believe in it. But one way to attempt to do it is to take control of every ministry of the church, every happening that's taking place, and bark out orders. Do it this way, do it this way, do it this way. Make it happen. Do it great or you're gone, baby. You cannot be in control and nurture growth. It can't happen. So as a leader, I learned that you either have one or the other. Frankly, I'd rather, I'd rather see ministry kind of look a little bit messy and people learn how to grow and to trust in Jesus more and more and to strengthen their gifts and all that kind of thing than have everything look so stinking polished. I don't think it impresses God in the least bit. That's a point for an amen. So... When it comes to relationships of any kind, my friends, we can either exercise control or we can have growth and intimacy, but you cannot have them both. It just won't happen. And I, for one, would much rather see relationships nourished and people be vulnerable and God grow and develop people. So we ask, is it worth my concern? Is it, another way to say that, is it really that big a deal? So I won't, I won't name any names. Well, you wouldn't know them anyhow because it's from a, another church up the valley. But like there's parents that I know that are like our age that still get upset because their adult kids don't keep a certain room in their house as clean as their parents do. Can you, can you say that's stupid? It doesn't make any sense, but you understand what I, and then there's, there's younger parents who might have multiple children, and their firstborn was potty trained at 11 and a half months, but then their secondborn came along, and they don't have quite the discipline they used to have, and so the secondborn one isn't potty trained, and they're almost three, and the parents are freaking out, like, oh no, they're going to end up in jail. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. It's going to be Okay. Some of us just simply need to surrender because if we don't work at surrendering, I'll I'll assure you, the result of that, the fruit of that will be that you will drive relationships away. Okay, is it worth my concern? Question number two, is it mine to control? Whatever the it is. Now, sometimes the answer to this question is yes. We make a mess our finances or whatever we make a mess of. And then we want to sit back and go, hey, God, uh, can you clean this mess up? And God is not going to do stuff for us that he has equipped us, trained us, educated us, inspired us to accomplish. You see, he specializes in the supernatural. 
we can barely pull off natural things. So like I said, the, you know, there's a difference between <clears throat> surrendering control and relinquishing responsibility. God, send that $100,000 check from somebody, make it show up in my mailbox today. Pam and I have been waiting for 45 years and it not showed up yet. So, work. Spend less money than God gives you. Pay down your debt and be generous. But God, just I'm going to keep doing that. No, take the steps. Your marriage is in trouble. What can you do? Well, I would say this. Start by examining your own heart. Share with some trusted friends and maybe seek some counseling. Since I picked on the sing single girls, I'm going to pick on single guys. Single guys, you want to be married? That's so cool. I have a suggestion. Stop playing COD 63, which is Call of Duty, for those of you that don't understand video games, for eight hours a day. Get out of your mom's house, get a job, brush your teeth, put on some deodorant. Boom. That's, that's some sound advice. Somebody's going to hear that and say, yeah, my pastor said you need to... So question one and two for choosing to surrender over control. Is it worth my concern? Is it mine to control? And the final point is this that we need to ask. Is it for God alone? Is this one area that's just tearing you up because you can't seem to exercise full control over it? Is it really for you or I to control or is it entirely for God to move upon? Which is why if we're controlling, we can't defer and we can't kneel and we can't surrender to God and his holy word and the spirit of God in our lives because we're so busy figuring out our next move. There are things that we are to do, but there are things that God and God alone can do. Um, this passage of scripture that I'd like to read in a minute is from Philippians chapter four. Uh, same guy that wrote the Ephesian book that uh, Joshua was taking us through. And by the way, he'll be back next week. So sorry for this interruption, but it will continue. And uh, Paul's a prisoner. He's chained to Roman guards. And uh, again, because some of us in here have read God's word so regularly, the power of God's holy word can become, we take it for granted. We forget this is the living word of God. So I'm going to appeal to you. Whatever area you might have noted on your card that's an area where you're struggling with surrendering it fully, listen to what the Apostle Paul has to say. And it's speaking to your very situation. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Anybody anxious about anything? It's a little difficult to have so many irons in the fire and to bring control and stay ahead of the curve. And it's tough living that way. This is the, I don't know why when I read this passage, it really grips my heart because... 
Paul has to tell us this. And you know what? You know what happens in here? It's like I, I, I go to God kind of like a last resort. Like, oh, oh yeah, now I'll pray. I mean, because I can't figure it, I can't massage it or manipulate it. So, so now I'll pray. So here's a conversation between Tom and God. Okay, I'm going to come to you now, God, and here's the situation. Could you imagine what God might say if we could hear his audible voice? Like, oh, Tom, I'm, I'm so sorry you're down to having to pray to me. The creator of heaven and earth, the one who hears your prayers and cares and actually is moved by the things that you pray about. I, I just, I'm so embarrassed at times to call myself a fully devoted follower of Jesus because oftentimes my last resort is, oh, hey, let's pray about this. Nobody else suffers with that, huh? Wow. When we talk to God, about whatever it is that seems out of control in our lives. And then uh, the verse, I'll save verse seven because this, so, this is so cool. Because when, when we go to him, and even if it's the last resort, because of his grace and his goodness, he still fulfills this promise. He says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Would you read verse 7 with me aloud? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I will exchange my feeble attempt to control stuff to enjoy that kind of peace as I surrender to him. Would you agree? Yes. Let's, let's bask in that kind of peace. Is it for God alone? There was a season in our life when Pammy and I, uh, probably like many parents, you know, we, we taught our kids and we prayed with our kids and we took them to church and we loved them the best we could. And there were seasons in each one of their lives where we're going like, did we do anything right? And the weight and the burden of a sense of failing as a parent, uh, parents, you might be able to understand this a little bit, it, uh, it just, it became overwhelming, especially for Pammy for a season of time. I'm pretty heartless, so I didn't care. <laughs> no. But, but my beloved wife, she's just carried so much weight. And, and the Lord actually visited her, not in physical form, but by his spirit. One night when she was praying and this great uh, relief and release came over her to recognize that um, yeah, we played a part in conception. I'm not going to say any more. But from that point on, they belong to God. From that point on. And it lightened some of your heartache, didn't it, sweetie? I, for one, want to be a person who chooses uh, surrender over control. And whether, whether you're comfortable or uncomfortable with a, a public speaker um, addressing very specifically things in your, your life that need to be laid down before God. See, the reality is I may never get another Sunday to share anything about God's word. May not. 
hope I do, but I may not. And if we gather together and don't give the spirit of the living God opportunity to touch our hearts, to lift our burdens, um, what's the point? Why are we here? I mean, the music was awesome. Praise and worship was great. But if we don't encounter the living son of God and be transformed somewhat, why are we here? If you haven't yet written on your card some area that you're trying to control, please do so. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, submit to him, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. West Side Faith Center. May we be a people that um, is committed to surrendering recklessly to God's grace and his love and his goodness. We might think we're, God's lucky to have us. No, it's the other way around. We are so fortunate that he sought us out. Um, there'll be a couple people coming and standing over here uh, for prayer. Uh, the worship team's going to return here. Uh, and, and just They're coming right now, and you can start playing. Um, here's, here's something that I'm going to ask you to do, and it will be uncomfortable for some. Would you just bring your cards? Just stand to your feet right now and just bring your cards. Place them in here. You can make your way uh, back to your seat. And here in, in just a moment, Dan and the team will lead us uh, in a in kind of a closing song. While some of you are moving about, I, I have one more message that I must speak because the Spirit of God won't let me stop. I, you see, the, the most heinous practice of control is when we actually think that we can govern our lives, that we can make enough money to be complete and full, that we can have enough education to be made right with God, that we can have enough stuff that will place us in favor with God. I'm here to profess to you, there is but one name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You see, to come to church and think that's what makes us a Christian is like saying, if you stand in your garage long enough, you become a car. Doesn't work that way. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment while I pray. And then, uh, and then Dan, you, you'll lead us whenever you feel prompted uh, to do so. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to ask a direct question one time only. Is there anyone in here this morning? Perhaps you're even listening to the podcast at home somewhere. But is there anyone in here this morning that's tried to be in control of your very own life and today's the day you need to surrender control to Jesus Christ. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise a hand. I'm not going to call you out. God bless you. The Lord bless you. Just hold them high. The Lord bless you. He loves you. He cares for you. 
he, he values you. At that moment that you raised a hand, you can put your hands down. Thank you so much. At that moment, there was a supernatural and heavenly exchange that took place. We moved from, as it were, the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. God's word says that uh, to those who believed in him, who confessed him, he gave the power to become children of God. For those of you that that raised hand was a prayer of commitment and surrender to Jesus, you are now God's loved child. Father, as we conclude our time together and we praise and worship you, all the names and all the issues that are in this basket, every one of them needs a supernatural touch from you, Lord. And I pray that there would be stories that would come forth about friends or family coming to know Christ as Lord and Savior, that areas of chaos and out-of-control nature would be settled by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. God, glorify yourself as you work miracles in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen.